This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Talking about chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo, tabbouleh, Real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil, zucchini, ziti, granola, fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds. But all I care about is what is on their fridge today on the podcast. One of my favorite comedians. She is, uh, she was a writer on Girl Code, which was a fan fave. <laughs> yeah. She co-hosts the True TV series Hack My Life. And right now, she is writing for The Walking Dead Last Mile. There's their last mile of walking. Mm-hmm. They're almost done walking. Oh, yeah. Please welcome the very hilarious Brooke Van Poplin. Hi, Dan. We did it. I've been wanting to be on this podcast since you started it. Yay. Well, you are one of those rare people who, like me, is a big food nerd and also a comedian. I feel like there aren't a lot of us. We are a niche little group. I mean, if you talk to Carl Hess, Danny Palumbo, I've talked to right? Carl Hess. Exactly. We, yeah. you can like name the food nerds um, who are There's also comedians. And James Austin Johnson, he's just busy crushing life on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's a good one um, to get. It's always very, it's always so sad when I have like a really famous comedian on and they just don't care about food. I'm like, why'd you get famous? What's the point? Yeah. What are you just funny and have talents in other areas? Cause mm -mm. (laughs) it's not allowed. Um, Okay. Before we get into all the funds, we're going to get into your fridge. You guys can see Brooks fridge on my Instagram at standupdan. It is going on blast. I'm going to share our screen. Okay. I was going to say, I'm like, let me pull this up so I can defend myself. Yeah. Um, okay. The freezer. On. Honestly, it's the freezer that I feel like I need to defend. The fridge was looking okay. The freezer is frightening. Um, okay. So here is your fridge. We're getting into the, we'll get into the freezer in a minute. Yeah. But first of all, your fridge is a very, I mean, I hate when people use the expression like you eat clean, but you seem to eat clean. A lot of the time I'm seeing a lot of green, the whole bottom row here. Yes. Yes. Now, granted, I do want to say I like that top uh, box of, of, uh, you know, spring mix. That one's almost that one's almost empty. It's not like I blow through that much salad in a week. But I've recently become obsessed with doing a 50 50 mix of arugula and spring mix for just that extra bite. So that's why there's so many boxes of greens. Oh my um, God, you're like customizing the already prepackaged greens. <laughs> well, I've been, you know, we've been on set on this show I'm working on and we have a, we are like really lucky to have a really good caterer who is crushing the salad game. And so I'm just stealing all of their little, because sometimes I just get into a rut and I was like, oh yeah, it's summer. You can put a peach on some arugula and that's fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> so wait so that's that's true you're on i mean i imagine the crafty on 
The crafty on on successful shows is always really good. It's it's dangerous. You walk in and there are breakfast burritos every morning. You just have to be careful not to like have your you know. Yeah, I, I'm t- which makes yeah. that makes sense. It makes sense that you're so you're so veg and healthy at home. Now, yeah, I was gonna say this is also like just got back from a vacation, so just filled up the fridge. But um, yeah, also a lot of greens because we were in Michigan eating trash uh, for right. nine days. So this is the result of there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of um, kale, a lot of broccoli a lot of peppers, tomatoes. Um, and we do, I, I do eat all that stuff. And I also, we get HelloFresh uh, once a week. It's easy. It's a little. And you say we, who's the we? My who's boyfriend, Sean, who I live with. Whoa. Yes. Sorry, I'm taken, you know, but it's crazy. I think since the pandemic, we just are in a groove where we are like, okay, we just cook all the fucking time. Haven't gone out very yeah. much in the last two and a half years. and. We just take down whole sheet pans of roasted vegetables all the time. So there's just <laughs> yeah. always so much broccoli, always potatoes, um, salads. And I mean, and, I mean, yeah, this is to me is a very fun, like kind of uh, <laughs> a little a little anal retentive fact here that you have pre-cut celery <laughs> in an open like pint jar just just when you when you when you need that last minute hummus craving, yes. you don't have time to cut the celery. It's already cut. Yeah, Dan, that's called a deli, by the way. That's not a pint jar. You know that's in a deli. Oh, uh-huh. right. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on. You- oh, somebody just watched the bear. No, on FX oh, and- give me a break. You know, here's the other credit <laughs> that we forgot to mention. I'm like, what is wrong with me? The only important one you should have mentioned is my podcast side work, which is all about the service industry. Th- right, three right, years, right. which we have really true. wanted you to come on and we'll get you. We're going to get you. You're going to get me. You oh, are. I love I, I love looking down on service people. Right. So it'll be right. very fun. It'll be very fun. Yes. I mean, th- yeah, the hesitation was we do allow chef and foodies on every once in a while, even though that is not in our, um, you know, like our mission statement of what the podcast is about. But you get a pass. Right. Well, you know, what's funny is like on my podcast, I realized quickly that like chefs are not that entertaining they're broken humans who uh (laughs) only light up in dysfunctional situations and other than that i mean i used to fight so many chefs uh in my old restaurants and goddamn it it, it was yeah just some of the worst people i've ever met (laughs) (laughs) right i fucking have a feeling that this is is the show called bear or the bear the bear bear yeah the bear I have a feeling that that is just glorifying like fucked up chef. Like it's just there's going to be a whole new generation of like dysfunctional chefs now because of that. Are you kidding me? It honestly, he sort of had a soul and a heart compared to the monsters that I no, He's not inspiring anything there. They've been there. (laughs) Um, Literally, truly nightmare humans. It's rare when you find someone where you're like, oh, I'm actually rooting for uh, Carmi, it's just more his, co- yeah. his cousin is more who I'm used to working with. Oh, my God. I can't stand cousin. I'm like, That's, somebody murder. Cousin. Yeah, that is Please. who we've all had to work with. But also that kitchen, because it was Chicago, I was like um, dead on with the uh, with like this, you know, who eventually kind of comes the sous chef, you know, prepping her sauces, the older Latina lady. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. not remembering her name, but also that is a staple who is also the second scariest person in the kitchen. 
Uh, usually on totally. the dessert station, they've been there their entire. I mean, it's a whole thing. You got to get on their good they've side. Seen, they've seen some things. They've seen some things. You got to get on their good side. Yes, one hundred percent. Fools. I work. I worked in a restaurant um, briefly. Like I was a summer intern at a restaurant in New York uh, for a couple of years. Actually, the Spotted Pig. Okay, which, uh, I was a- just gonna say my my chef, who I fought with the hardest, came over to my restaurant from the Spotted Pig. Really? Oh yeah. Oh my God! Name name Matt. Matt. Um, I this I don't know when you did this, but he was a, probably a oh. sous chef back then. A British guy named Matt, who had yeah, yeah 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 had no front teeth. Is any of this ringing a bell? I maybe maybe so. not. He salted the fuck out of our food because he came from the Spotted Pig and oh yeah, it was super salty. Super food. salty. He hammered everything in our restaurant, and we had to have like a big stop down and and have a salt intervention with Matt. His palate, his palate was so blown out from working at the Spotted Pig. It's true. Everything at the Spotted Pig is super salty and super, uh, like, lemony. And I, all the flavors were very extra there. Yes. Um, it's kind of like how Starbucks, like, puts so much caffeine in their coffee. So you just get used to it. And you're like, oh, any other coffee <laughs> doesn't do anything for me anymore. <laughs> you're like, I, I can't commune with spirits. What's going on? <laughs> Uh, that is so funny. Wait, what restaurant was this at? I worked at James in Brooklyn. It was the first New York Times uh, reviewed restaurant in Brooklyn, I think, maybe. Like where yeah. we, yeah. And uh, I, um, let's see, I was there waiting on Frank Bruni when he came in oh to review God. us. Almost literally was like, I quit. I'm not doing it. Like it, the pressure they were like, Brick, you have to take his table. We were slammed. He came in with like a gaggle of gay men. So, you know, just so you can order everything on the menu. And right. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. They're like, you have to like in the back, like got me by the collar. Like you have to. I was like, I'm going to ruin your life. I'm going to ruin your restaurant. I can't wait on him. And we got through it and it was very laid back. He was totally chill. But I mean, we were shitting a brick. Oh, my God. What a crazy experience to be serving the first review of a Brooklyn restaurant. Um, and Frank Bruni is like, I think he's a nice dude. He but is. like still, it's like it's uh, that is an insanely high pressure situation. Yeah. And it w- did you mess anything up? Uh, so, OK. No, I, I didn't. It's just my personality disappeared. Anything that makes me a confident, likable server I just mm. retracted into my body and was just like, yes, sir. Yeah. You know, like right away, <laughs> sir. You know, and you just became like a cyborg. You're like, anything you say, Mr. Bruni. Uh, it was, you know, I was just like, just try and get out of here and not answer any questions. Cause this was also on my end was going to put me on blast that I wasn't doing my wine homework. Like if he was, Oh yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. I really should. I have not been listening. I've not been taking notes. Like, so I was like, don't do this to me. And I got by with a recommendation. I was like, I love the Cunois because that's the only one I would drink uh, after my shift. And, and I was like, you know, it's because uh, <laughs> he asked for a wine recommendation. Uh, they asked what I liked and I didn't go too far into it and then just ordered what they wanted. But we had this appetizer soup that was sort of like. Uh, I'm trying to think of the mushrooms. It was a very weird, brothy. It was a really bad soup. And that was the thing that got panned. And um, I just remember that when I was going to put it down on the table, 
my hands were shaking so bad that the, you know, those really shallow soup bowls. So it's really easy, yeah. easy to slosh. I may have sloshed a little bit as I was putting it on the table, um, but it wasn't my service. It's like that soup really did suck. I like it. Blame the soup for the sloshing. It, it was just too, it wasn't viscous enough. It tasted like brown water with, with like, it had like shiitake. And, you know, I remember like our, our sous chef who was like an ex-con who was like refound, you know, his life in our kitchen, whatever, like with his tweezers, like, like putting the, the mushrooms in there. And then that's the thing that got panned. And I mean, like, Oh my God, poor guy. He's like, I must do this to stop from murdering. Exactly. Like, he's, he's awful at the tweezer thing. It's like, but now I have to go back to murder. I know. I was like, he reignited a life of crime. Um, <laughs> this, our sous chef Colin was so fucking funny though. I of course tried to sleep with him. I was like irresistible. Um, but he <laughs> took the train through Brooklyn and on a dolly was pulling his own buckets of duck fat to work every day because he wanted Come on. I'm dead serious. Oh my God. Yeah. He, what a, what a, <laughs> and he, he like lived in bed and I was like, Ooh, that's one way to get, you know, popped is like, you know, pulling fucking buckets of, rendered duck fat behind you oh my god i love it your parents are like so are you meeting any new boys in new york city and you're like well there's this one guy he drags duck fat around brooklyn he's an ex-con with he's buckets ex-con <laughs> buckets of duck fat aren't there doctors in new york brooke you you would you would Dan, you just haven't known me and my dating life over the years. I was like, there's another guy in Detroit. I, his, his nickname is Bath Bucket, but that's for another time. So anyways. Oh, boy. Um, okay, so these are artisanal homemade mm-hmm. uh, pickling, pickles, pickled onions. Yes. You got here? I the do. The red wine uh, pickled onions? Yep. I'd actually just do. Or a, red wine vinegar, I would say. I do a little uh, apple, just apple cider and sugar and the magic bring you know the color comes out of the red onions and uh oh i love it yeah i do uh carnitas every once in a while and so you gotta have your pickled onions oh fun yeah um i love a good carnita and i was just watching the netflix has a new like street food show that first episode i'm going yes, you- I, I, should we go I, I, oh my god i ha- have you not been no i, I haven't been no never been that could be a really fun little outing. Carnitas El Momo. El Momo. I'm already, uh, I'm not afraid to try things, but a full pork skin uh, taco does not look good to me. <laughs> yeah, especially like the way they do it is like, uh, it's not even crunchy. It's just like yeah, gelatinous. Yeah, if I'm like- <laughs> If I'm going to have pork rinds, like I need it to be, yeah, like deep fried yeah. and crunchy. Right, no, no, no. There's like, there's something about immigrant, like my, I'm trying to like, like Persian food. Uh, my mom like makes this like brain dish. That's just, yeah, like, it can be it's nice. Not, it's not fried or anything. It's just like, here's some, here's some poached brain. Oh no, I'm <laughs> like, thinking of Kibinai. I've also tried lamb brain. Cause you know, my, my background in Detroit was like, I worked in all, uh, basically like, uh, Aradian or everyone was Lebanese. Those were my those were my first restaurants I ever worked in. So yes, I oh yeah. Well, there's uh, Dearborn, which is uh-huh. like a huge Arab community. Totally. There. Yep. So I've eaten brains. I've eaten kibbeh. Uh, I've eaten all that stuff. Kibbeh is basically lamb tartare. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, and it's yeah. damn good. 
with like bulgur wheat and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, yeah, but I, I definitely, I want to hit that place up. But it's funny, that show, the Street Peach show, I've watched a couple episodes now, <laughs> and it's the same formula. They have like the main restaurant that they just, there's too much like tugging at heartstrings on these fucking shows. The, the port- and I just fast forward through it. It's like, show me your carnitas. And then right. he's like, my sister, she died. And I'm like, I don't need to hear about the dead sister. It's like, my father had a stroke. I don't just, what do the tacos taste like? <laughs> I haven't paid, I, I was late on my cable bill and I had to pay the, the, <laughs> the extra charge. It's like, look, man, I just want to hear about the carnitas. I, I'm going to, you know, and I know this is, we've got foodies listening to this, but that second episode about Portland and that main character, I was like, you're not, like, I was like, Shut up. I was like, just shut up. You are so put on right now. You are so extra. I grew up so poor. Okay, just tell. How does your vegan banh mi taste, for God's sake? (laughs) Right. Explain Uh, (laughs) to me how how pork belly made out of bread works. I need answers. I that's all I care about. Literally all I care about. It's like, you know, it's funny, like. I, I don't know. I, maybe it's like the comedian in me where it's like we get on stage and we just fucking make people laugh. Yes, we have a lot of shit going on in the background. Right. But you're on stage. All I want to I'm watching this show. All I want to hear about is right. I, I don't need to hear about how your aunt like fell off a cruise line boat and she was supporting the family and. And you lost the lawsuit with Carnival Cruise Lines, and now now you have to support the family, and you have to come up with an idea with for vegans in Portland. Can, just fucking show me the bon me. Can I? You just you just unearthed <laughs> a memory of something my mom said while we were on vacation. There's so much to unpack. I I vacationed with my family for a week in Michigan a week ago, and my mom okay. she just looks she scrolls through Facebook all day like she gets it's her new obsession she likes funny memes she likes funny animal things sends me a lot of funny animal jokes and videos all day on it and then she brings up like she's looking at a picture of a hippo where clearly there's something funny or interesting going on and she's like huh she's like uh she's like well i'll never look at hippos again ever since my friend was killed by one and i was like what she was and then she was like, yeah, don't not really a fan of hippos anymore. And I was like, when were you a fan of it? Also, what the fuck? I forgot her friend got trampled by a hippo <laughs> on a vacation. And my mom just so nonchalantly, she's like, oh, they're on my shit list ever since one killed Sue. I love how she just. It, she takes it out all on the hippo. It's like, maybe hippo. Sue shouldn't have been, like, maybe Sue shouldn't have been in hippo country. Like, stay on the vehicle, Susan. Like, you know, what? I, I honestly think she was somewhere where they were kind of, I don't know, she was walking back to her resort on the path. And it, it was either a rhino or hippo, either way, just an animal that's not really beloved by anyone anyways. And my mom's like, well... I don't have any warm, right. warm feelings or nice things to say about rhinos anymore. Ever since one stomped <laughs> Sue to death. I was like, oh my God. I just sat there like, get me. She's just like giving money to like rhino poachers. <laughs> She's like, I need. I mean, it is tragic as fuck. Like her son and someone else was on the vacation. Like I'm not downplaying. Like that is 
a horrible way to go. But then when you push it through the Kathleen Van Poplin filter, you're just like, what is happening right now? (laughs) I'm just hoping the sun has some sort of like hot dog stand in Chicago. And when they do the street meat show on him, he's going to be like, I sell these hot dogs, but uh, it never takes away the pain of my mom dying from a hip hop. And that and that would be that would be on this new Netflix show. It would totally be on the Netflix show. It's like it's a street food show that doesn't give a fuck about the street food. They just want the story, which I couldn't care less about the story. I'm just fast forwarding through the story. It's, I mean, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yes. I'm, it's a food show. I'm stoned. I'm excited know, to watch about food. I don't want to hear about getting trampled by the hippo. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I do want to go straight to um, a uh, wonderful little picture here or a little uh, a little shot in the freezer yes which uh here we go yeah um you know we've got some uh 360 veg from from whole foods over here a little sprouts market thing i'm a jiggy a mediterranean i don't know what's this thing it just says mediterranean, mediterranean pizza from 365 one of my okay. favorite freezer pizzas and then <laughs> we have the i don't know what these are even called it's like a a, j- like a, a jade roller a jade roller to take the inflammation out of the skin, the face skin. Yep. Is that is that a, is that, that is, correct? That is correct. And um, this is, I don't think this is our first jade roller. I think we've had a couple of the of the jade rollers on the on the podcast. That's amazing because it feels incredible when it's been in the freezer and you you kind of depuff, you know, under your eyes. It wakes you up. Um, I also. Uh, suffer from migraines from time to time. So in the door of the freezer too is just an assortment of different shaped bags of ice um, to to apply to my head. You know, it has nothing to do with packing up a cooler for barbecue. It's like to keep, uh, yeah, my migraines from going nuclear. Um, But the the jade roller, um, I actually, while they are great, I am. This is the close up. You said yeah, it's a close up shot did. of the jade roller. I'm, I'm grossed out by it because my freezer is not the most hygienic thing. It hasn't been clean since the beginning of the pandemic, probably. And I've just got it cool. out there like laying on frozen fucking sausages and stuff. So and then, <laughs> then I put it on my face. Also, by the way, in a pinch, if you don't have a jade roller, just take the frozen sausage. Exactly. Just- just kind of, you know, uh, paint your face with it. Gua sha your lymphatic drainage out of your face with a, f- yeah. with a frozen bratwurst. With a, with a chicken jalapeno <laughs> sausage. Um, I'd like to go to the door of your fridge, okay. by the way. Um, uh, you've got very fun sauces. I knew, uh, my, got the, I knew my sauces were going to get you, Dan. I, I knew it. I love it. I, was, I, I love the, the QP Japanese mayo is a very interesting thing. I feel like it's. Just mayo with MSG in it, which I'm here for that. I and I could be wrong. I my understanding is they include more yolk, and so it's like fattier and a little richer. But oh, also, fun. also maybe MSG. But uh, if I'm doing like a hot dog topping or a sausage topping, um, I like to mix, you know, like sriracha a Kewpie and some sort of spicy mustard. And I call it um, campfire sauce. That's just something I've called it. It's amazing. When you mix these three ingredients together and put it on a table, men who don't cook are like, what the fuck is this? And um, (laughs) guaranteed to blow your mind. 
I love it. I love that you're just like cooking hot dogs for like the high school football team in the neighborhood. I'm telling you, this is this this is recent Uh, people well into their late 30s. But, you know, I when I I owned a home for a little bit and I used to love inviting everyone over. I know it's cute. I know not anymore. I had to sell it. But um, I really liked having, you know, I just was like the mom in me was like, come over, you poor, gross comedian friends of mine. Come hungry. And like, of course they did. They're all grifters. And <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. And it's like it's like I would put out a spread of dogs on my grill and like the sauce was blowing, you know, people like Adam Newman's mind or like Nick Turner. They're like, wow. Amazing. You know. <laughs> this tastes better than the Hot Pockets I had for yeah, dinner last night. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Japanese barbecue sauce. I don't even know what the fuck Japanese barbecue sauce is. It seems like you have a lot of, of, of Western ingredients that Japanese people have culturally appropriated, yes. like our mayonnaise and our barbecue yeah, sauce. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, what is Japanese barbecue sauce? So it's like a, like a really thick, somewhere between barbecue and maybe a slight tinge of teriyaki. So it, it starts to go. And I realized, I'm like, this is something I make myself. But why not try yeah. try their version of it in a squeeze bottle? And it, we're just using it to quickly marinate chicken thighs usually. And it's pretty, oh, fun. pretty nice. Um, so I thought I'd give it a try. Clearly, we haven't blown through it. We've had it for several months, but it's it's been nice to throw into like a marinade. Um, I so by the way, I don't know if people talk it like uh, World Market is my favorite place to go get weird sauces like co- Oh, global sauces yeah this is where the mild um so this is a very like icelandic and german thing the mild sauce there is hella yeah it's called hella. hella it's ketchup and curry which is a big flavor that everyone loves together oh yeah that is a big um that's like a big wait where is it from again well in iceland uh when oh, i yeah, okay. went a few times that's a big like they have mild sauce for their dogs and they put like bacon and mayo they kind of do like dodger dogs almost but no peppers and then uh yeah like yeah very like germanic countries also love their curry and ketchup probably like, probably the netherlands like, too i could see that being over there yeah it's like a curry verse culture yeah that's pretty cool that's a fun random sauce yeah Man. and we blew through some of I, the other really good mustards but it's like mustards from around the world um it's really fun yeah i love i love going to world market and stocking up on goodies yeah i get some like weird like dutch like this is our this is our anchovy mayonnaise you're like <laughs> all right dutch people I'm in, <laughs> hey who do you think you're talking to you're talking to a dutch girl um yeah it's funny you know michelle buteau the comedian mm-hmm. Her husband is Dutch and like Heiss. Uh, they always Heiss is Dutch and they always have these barbecues and like there's always like he cooks a lot of like Indonesian food like Dutch people cook a lot of Indonesian and they have like all this fun. He's like, this is a really fun Indonesian chicken that I made. It's so good. And I'm like, why? Why are Dutch people making Indonesian? And Michelle's like, because they fucking enslaved the whole world. Right. And they took, <laughs> it's like, oh, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah dude like their street meat too you know where you're like you did not this is not a dutch thing you know this is not when did dutch people start making fries from nigeria yeah. <laughs> totally <laughs> shawarma oh man 
Um, so you are you are the, a champion for the for the service industry, big time. I mean, um, I did it for fifteen straight years. Actually, went back into it before the pandemic hit. Really briefly, had to. I just had a really bad twenty nineteen, and I was just like, well, I uh, my parents aren't oil barons, uh, so money's got to come from somewhere. And I started. I was I was doing um, catered events with Gorilla Tacos, which I was like, I want to work with them because they're fucking cool. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. With the West West Avila is that his name? Yeah. And so we were doing uh, like we were setting up at like a WeWork or like uh, private parties or whatever, and we were like grilling and making tacos, and it was really fucking fun. And Gorilla Tacos are. It's like it's like one of the this guy West West does a lot of interesting things like uh, restaurant wise. He's got um, he's got Gorilla Tacos. Then he just opened something else. Oh, he has got the Angry Egret. Oh, in, okay. In, that I've never been to. And then he's got like some like fancy pants place that he opened up. That's like just like very expensive and makes a lot of money. I feel like that's what happens. Like these chefs start with a food truck. Then they do their like they get their cool brick and mortar. Little, yeah, little brick and mortar. And then like like institutional investors come in and they're like, we got to start uh, charging $25 for guacamole. Let's go. Yeah. And they're like, make sure no one from your community even recognizes you anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to start a, a gorilla tacos in the Ritz Carlton on the rooftop. <laughs> I like, know. Right. I know. But it is when you're like, we're at a stupid WeWork and everyone's like, ugh, just all these guys named Chad who are like, oh, yay, gorilla tacos, you know? And. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Shout out to Chad. Shout out to Chad's out there. Also, it was very demoralizing. I'm sure, you know, we've all had to like eat our hat a little bit, but I was just like, it was just so hard to go from being like, I have a TV show and all this stuff and then have a really bad year. And I was like, I got to make some money until the next thing comes along. And I was just so scared someone would see me working in the service industry because everyone was so shitty to that Cosby show guy who took a job at Trader Joe's and everyone like dogged him. And I was like, the world is evil. This is so wrong. Like, wait, I don't know that story. It's like a guy. Tell me so I can dog on him too. No, it no. was, you know, <laughs> everyone ended up ultimately being like a champion for him. And you're like, what is wrong with everyone? Like acting gigs come and go. But I, I think he had been, uh, having series regular without being like a regular cast member, but in the late years of Cosby had done really well, but we all know that fucking you got it. It's got to go job to job to job unless your parents are are Ethan Hawke and fucking Uma Thurman, which is what Hollywood is made up of. And no one is realistic about the fact that the people who stay rich are already from rich families, you know? And so this is just like a normal guy who the money ran out after a bit. Times are hard. I can attest to that. And uh, he was spotted, you know, working at Trader Joe's and someone put him on blast to make fun of him. Like, oh, bro, oh my bro's, bro's falling on hard time. And the initial reaction was dogging him. And then probably people like me and whoever else, like then there was a huge backlash of like, where do you think money comes from? It's a work ethic. You have to provide for your family whatever. And then he ended up, you know, being exalted as, as like a hero. But I was like, like, cause then I ended up working the rap party for modern family and I knew writers, I knew, you know, and I was just like, Oh God, like I just wanted to die. Morgan Murphy came up, but she was really confused. And I pretended like I was there. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And I, 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 I like, it. I like 
walked out on the other side of the bar, just sort of like, yeah, just mingle in. I was like, I can get you a taco if you want. Like, <laughs> acting like I'm. I like her friend, like, hey, you want to? I mean, let's have some tacos, right? Yeah, We're let's go get here. some tacos. I'll make them. Why are you wearing <laughs> nitrile gloves, Brooke? <laughs> well, you know, it's a. Uh... There's a pandemic coming in a couple of years. I feel it coming. I was like, oh, I own I, I own uh, the place. Um, that's why they let me ba- uh, back here. Ugh. Oh, my God. Now sh- I remember when I started doing stand up and like, you know, I was like in New York barking on the street, which means like you're handing out flyers yeah. at like 11 p.m. or like, you know, at night. And. I had just graduated from like Johns Hopkins and like there were all these like fi- like this these like five finance guys like who like went into consulting right after graduating or whatever, like walk by and I'm like, comedy, comedy, who wants to go to comedy show? And they're like, damn. You're like, uh. like oh, hey, hey guys. Um yeah, there was a guy here handing out flyers and he had a heart attack and said his last dying wish, wish. was can you please hand these flyers out? So I guess I'm just Doing good by him before I go back to my brownstone in the West Village. That's right. You know, I'm just on lunch doing some <laughs> philanthropic things for my resume. Well, first of all, Brooke, I'm going to say, and I'm like the king of turning lemons into lemonade career wise. Like, I love doing that. So you need to sell a TV show based on that story because it's so funny and it would kill it's, in a pitch. Uh, it's out of control. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. It is funny. Like everyone assumes you're on TV and you're making a shit ton of money. Like they just think you get on TV and you make a ton of money. Like, like I'm on Cobra Kai and everyone sees that and they're like, holy fuck, dude, when are we coming to your pool? And I'm like, I'm recurring. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) It has sort of a sag after rate. Um, there's, yeah. there's a cap, like, like, this is good. It only helps me. Don't get me wrong. But like, <laughs> right. But I'm still stealing LaCroix from, uh, the craft services to bring home. Well, okay. So like, for example, to my, also people don't understand how expensive real estate even is in LA. And so, you know, my, my little podunk cousins were out here going to universal studios. They're way, way younger than me. Um, and they wanted to, you know, cause they were like, oh my God, we want to go visit our, our fucking TV star cousin. And I was like, well, come on over to my house. And, you know, I was able to get like a, a two bed, two bath doll house, you know, like a tiny yeah. little bungalow in Glendale. Cute as a button. Anyone would kill for it. Right. But they were just walking around my home. So confused. My one cousin's totally got Asperger's. So he's got no filter. And he's like. Why is her house so much smaller than ours, mom? You know, and I'm just like, oh, my God. And like. I'm like, well, it was also four times more expensive, but you won't understand that, you know, and I just got really I was like, I'm rich, damn it. You know, and like, (laughs) right. You don't know about the price per square foot, Jonathan. It was a big deal to get approved for a home loan alone as a female. Um, Anyways, but yes, and and just and my. My show is in perpetual marathon rerun because True TV has like made no other content since 2014. You know, like a few shows have gotten through, but I didn't. It wasn't union and I didn't create the show. I don't get another penny. It runs all day. I would be like friends, the cast of friends, you know, with that True TV basic cable money otherwise. But no, it's like I've had 
before I left Facebook years and years and years ago, like if I said anything, people from my hometown would call me Hollywood elite. And I was like, yo, I'm working in a restaurant again. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. So, oh my God, that is so funny. I, I think there's, I mean, if you don't tell a show about that, I'm going to. Well, so. it's also too, I'm like, I like to say out loud to get in people's heads, like the very first season of, you know, and I know you host a show too. And it's like, hey, that money is something and hosting and it all builds a portfolio. But damn, when it's cable and it was my first time hosting, probably after taxes and agent fees, I netted like 50 grand. I had like better, yeah. I had like better jobs producing television than hosting television you know absolutely absolutely and that's and then they think that you're you're hosting a show like you've made you've it. made you it are, yeah you're alex trebek you're yes you're right like <laughs> yeah and so and um, the truth is like if you keep going season after season like it's built in like and i just think it's important for people to understand like the money does eventually get better but then the show gets canceled <laughs> you know right. and then you're like and that was that you know so yeah and then the money runs out and then you go work at Trader Joe's. Exactly. So, you know. I like to think that the whole Trader Joe's community came, 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 uh, came to, to rally around them. Absolutely. They're the most positive people in the world. They, they are. It's psychotic. Like, there are some days when I really want the food, but I'm like, I can't, I can't handle the checkout dude right now. I just can't. Oh. I'm the other way around. I'm like, I have, I have plenty of food at home, but I'm like a little depressed. I think I'm just going to go to Trader Joe's. Get, They're going to make me feel good about myself. Get a real injection of positivity. Yes. Like there's, there's, they're never cynical. Like a guy can be walking around with like, you know, 50 pounds of jars that he's like <laughs> dying under. And you're like, um, excuse me, do you know where the frozen peas are? And there's like, yeah, yeah, one second. And he'll like, just put it down. I'm going to like go arm in arm with you to the frozen peas. Like, I got you, man. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> So a trader, a trader, um, a trader Joe's bagger broke up my uh, brother's marriage. But anyways, I'll save that for another. I'll just tell you my autumn. Anyways, really? Ooh, I guess they're not all such angels. There's a story there. Ooh, we'll get tacos wow. now. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how my oh sister-in-law broke up their family <laughs> for a Trader Joe's bagger. Anyways. Wow. And I was just shitting yeah. on it. I was just talking down on that position. It's personal. I'm not talking down on the position. I'm talking down on them personally. <laughs> that specific person yeah. in the position. I mean, it does make it kind of funny because, you know, it's like that's the last person you see before you walk out. Still, that's the last. Uh, did you bring Did you bring your own bags? Yep. Or do you need one? You and need if they one? just give you one for free. I've, oh. I've got extra bags at my house. You know what I'm saying? Want to come over and get some extra bags? <laughs> Your brother must have been in, in quite a place where that pickup line worked on him. Ugh. Oh, it was my it was my that. it was my sister in law got got bagged by a bagger. Oh, she got bagged. Yeah, it worked on her. Mm -hmm. Let's talk Japanese mayo. Regular mayo was invented in 1765 by a French chef. But just like cars, pizza, and game shows, Japanese people perfected it. Japanese kitchens have stocked this luscious condiment since 1925. It's not only smoother and richer than your average mayo, but it's also packed with much, much more eggy umami flavor. So what's the difference? While American mayonnaise uses whole eggs, Q 
QP Mayo incorporates yolks and yolks alone for a yellow color, an almost custardy texture, and distinctly rich and fatty mouthfeel. It's way fattier than regular mayo, which begs the question, how are Japanese people so freaking skinny? Oh, right. Sumo wrestlers. Got it. Guys, let's talk kids' vitamins. I know it's on your mind. It's on all of our minds. Because typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. The kids know it. They're not saying anything. They keep eating it, thinking they're pulling the wool over our, our eyes. Filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, other gummy junk growing kids should never eat. That's why Haya was created. The pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, guys, they got that good, good folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. It's non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free. It doesn't have anything except for vitamins, goddammit. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. Uh, now, I was sent a bunch of Haya vitamins, but as you guys know, I don't have kids. I am going to die alone. However, I do have friends with kids, and uh, I, I gave them to them. They love them. Their kids love decorating the bottles with the stickers that come with the first order. It's really good stuff. Parents are happy. The kids are happy. Everyone is happy. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamins. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth, H-I-Y-A Health.com slash green eggs. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash green eggs and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Guys, I'm so happy to say that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is full of twists and turns, twists as well as turns, and it's important to show up for yourself through it all. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. For a lot of people, the barrier for entry is getting in your car, going to the therapist. This is online therapy. They have therapists from, from all 50 states that can help. Uh, you will find a match with BetterHelp. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. Uh, whenever I've gone to therapy, uh, within the uh, 10 minutes of the first session, they're like, I'm, this guy, this guy is, no, we don't, we don't, I, I don't want to talk to this guy. So I get it. BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states, and they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash green eggs. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash green eggs. Let's get back, back on the rails okay. here. Um, what is, uh, I'm going to ask you the questions that I ask every guest yeah. at the end of the episode, starting with what is your earliest food memory? Okay, so uh, it, the reason I sort of remember it is because it's 
because tr- I was like, it's a story. I feel like I maybe have a memory, but it's it's wrapped in some trauma as well. Uh, at our old cottage in Traverse City, Michigan, I apparently was like one or two. And I was sitting on the little bank on the lake shore eating a sandwich. And something happened where I just took a tumble and rolled down the hill into the water. And I guess I like landed face first and I was a baby. And my great grandma came to save me. Uh, you know, was not that dramatic. She just basically like yanked me out of the water. But even during my slight moment of drowning and falling, uh, I did not let go of my sandwich. And so I just, I just still like just iron fist around a sandwich. So that I have to believe it was good. So that would be, Oh my God. Yeah. A good sandwich. That's like a good, like origin story for like a Marvel food hero. Yep. No, I also like in New York city, like I, acts during the winter like sort of slid down the subway stairs when they had snow on them and like it just lost my footing and I I held on to the railing it's like I surfed parallel down and I like threw out my back and ripped like muscles in my arm but I had a um I had a torta from the truck that I kept I was like it can't touch the, it can't touch the ground like ruined my body but I was like I will not drop this sandwich and fucking like surfed to the bottom all the way to the platform falling, but saved the sandwich. Oh my God. Yes. That is so, so. good. How was the, sa- did you eat the sandwich These, as your body yes. was just like dying? Oh yeah. Do you remember the, there was a really good truck on uh 8th Avenue and 14th when you were coming out of comics to get on the A C E train. Yes. I always yes. made a point. Their tortas were fucking dynamite um and so i was like enough to break a rib over <laughs> uh, yeah also you're like i'm hammered and i need to get it together and this sandwich is gonna save me which would probably be like a drunk food answer when we get to that but yeah oh my god i'm just picturing you in the ambulance later still with your arm <laughs> up with the torta and they're like Matt, miss you miss. gotta put your arm down it's for your for your rotator cuff it's gonna no no i must <laughs> i don't want hospital food <laughs> the torta's coming with <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> um okay so what is your death row meal let's hear why you're on death row okay you're with your uh boyfriend you guys are at trader joe's yeah and there is a bag there's a bag person there's a lady in the bag thing and says she says uh, did you bring your own bag to your boyfriend and you're like i've seen how this plays out and you just like shiv her and you kill her, and um, the guy from Cosby is there, and is like, "What? What have you done? What have you done? You, you were my champion. Now you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, now you're a murderer. Now you're a just, murderer. So now you're on death row. You got one last meal. What is your death row meal? Man, I, I was dancing around it. Um, I know that there are. Pro- Do you have people who know exactly who just like name? Yes. It? Yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's, a lot of. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me because it's like, I think what I go is like, do I want sentimental or do I want like something vengeful where like, you know, if I fill myself with Detroit style Coney dogs on purpose. So when they fucking electrocute me, it's a diarrhea explosion. Jokes on you, motherfuckers. Um, You know, sort of thing. Like, do I want to eat vengefully? So they've got more a big mess to clean up. Like. Hold on. First of all, the only people that are going to be in that room are going to be like the family members of the poor Trader Joe Someone's, person that you murdered. I know, but someone's got to get me out of that chair and mop up, you know. <laughs> oh, so now it's the poor employee of <laughs> the on. prison. <laughs> I, it's 
they're all in on it. They are all if, in on the capital what, punishment. They choose it for a fucking job. So you know what? What if he used to be a comedian and he had a slow year? And he's like, I got to go back to mopping up after the, I know. the executions. I hope that's not someone's trajectory. And you like, he's like wheeling you in. And, he, and he's like, Brooke, what are you doing here? And you're like, oh. Oh, I also had a slow no, year. You're like, what about you, Jonathan? Uh, uh, yeah, I had a slow year. I know. I just, I just, I'm just here. I don't work here. Let's go tie you up to this chair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, I uh, like, and here's like, I kept thinking of all the things that like, like, sadly, it would not be anything my mom cooked like that. She just was like, that's food was not something I grew up with. That was good in anyone's right in our home. So it's not like a sentimental like my mom's meatballs, you know, or something like that. <laughs> I really, right. I really think it would be, and I'm not going to, mm, okay, like a really good, like a Mediterranean, like mezza platter, like with some meats, you know, like do the whole, right. do the whole one. I want the hummus. I want the baba. I want the pickled turnips. I want all that stuff. It, it's shawarma. It's like, it's honestly one of my favorite ways to eat in the whole world. I, I will agree with you. I think shawarma is as good as it gets. I think oh. I could see myself taking down a shawarma. Like, and like from the place I used to work. Okay. You know, I'll end on this. It, their chicken shawarma sandwiches, everything was made like it was fresh. Like their kitchen was really clean. It's just the way that they coaxed every little bit of grease out of that dark meat chicken and then their pitas were perfectly thin. And then it was slathered in the garlic sauce. So mm. all the chicken fat, the garlic sauce, and then Israeli pickles. It's just, and then kind of pressed and then wrapped. So it was like crunchy. And like, it's one of the best shawarma. Like I would fly to Michigan to go get it. And what is the name of this place? Well, it's old, it's a, it was a chain called Lashish. Lashish. Uh-huh. That's where I work. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they're like, you can have any meal before we put you to death. Anything at all. We have all the best chefs in the world no. here at the ready. And you're like, you're like, give me that chain shawarma, baby. Like, ooh, she is a killer. Yeah, she's dirty. <laughs> this bitch is dirty. dirty. Uh, what is the best high-end meal that you've ever had? Um, and I, okay, so I don't know if it, like, it was expensive in the sense of when you go to a nicer restaurant. I don't think I've ever done anything truly, truly bougie. Um, it's not my taste. I personally wouldn't seek it out if someone wanted to treat me to it. I'd probably be laughing and be a dick about it. But like, uh, yeah. I was, this is like a top five meal in a restaurant. I was in Berlin and it was this really beautiful hotel with an adjacent restaurant um, called the Hotel uh, Mickelberger, Mitchellberger. It's, okay. it's, and it's so weird. The hotel is sort of like an ace hotel where the whole point is like they don't want you to leave. Like they want the hotel to be the destination. So it's got yes. like cool DJ and bar and couches downstairs at all times and like really good food. And, and then it's a big Lebowski themed like the big Lebowski plays on loop in every room and in the hallways. That's the one thing where you're like, cool it. Like, what the fuck? Everything else about it is really cool. But the hotel, the, the bar next door, the hotel and restaurant and bar was like one of my favorite meals I've ever had. It was just like really, really good pate, like a fantastic like halibut. Di like everything was just made so beautifully. And wow. uh, I was like, damn, dude, for this kind of 
food. Like this is like a top five meal for me, I think. Fun. It was very, it was um, very, very good. And it was very welcome at that point. Cause I'd been in the Netherlands for a few days and eating there is a disaster. It's getting better, but yeah, like now they have places that might make ramen and the, the youth is like bringing instead of like enslaved, you know, the, culturally appropriated it's, enslaved uh cuisine it's now like young people moving there bringing their food right 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 um wow very cool okay what about uh switching gears best low end this can be a street taco it can be that torta yeah. that you risked your life for i know i, I be, would just say uh, that that's a favorite drunk food you know um yeah hands down also because there i in deep in Brooklyn. What kind of carnita? I'm sorry. What kind of uh, what kind of uh, torta do you get? Is it the Milanese? No, no, I don't like a breaded like that. Um, I no. uh, probably a probably a carnitas or pastor, possibly. Um, carnitas or pastor? Okay, got torta it. is good that way. Sometimes they'll grill the pork. Sometimes it's you know, um, I don't know if you lived ever. I lived pretty deep in Brooklyn toward the end of being in New York. And you would find Mexican bakeries who were like bakeries uh-huh. by day. And then at like 10 o'clock, they'd flip over the counter and basically be like, oh, we've also got a flat top grill, bitches. And so you'd go in there at two in the morning and get like I, and it was just so it was so hard to not walk out of there with also like those overly sugar, overly, you know, all the pan. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. The pasteles, pasteles yeah. that are like unnatural colors was so good. <laughs> So good. Um, right. But that's like, that was just always, I, I will dance in the streets. If you offer me Mexican food of any type when I'm drunk, like I will dance the whole way there. So that's my drunk food. Yeah. Low end, low end would be eating um, Del Taco. I sure do love Del Taco. Whoa. Oh yeah, You're baby. You're gross, Brooke. You're no, a gross person. I don't, I don't accept that because my, uh, we had to stop somewhere for food on our road trip. And I was like, fuck it. Let's try Taco Bell. I haven't eaten here in so long. And I was like, no, this Taco Bell is gross. Del Taco is a notch above. Fast yeah, food taco. It is a notch above. It is still for sure. Absolutely. Like, like, is there Del Taco? You know, I mean, like, it's so cute that they write on the board, like, so and so prepped the tomatoes and the avocados from this farm in California today. Like, other than that, <laughs> total silence where the meat's from, you know, like. Right. They're like spinning plates. They're like, look at this. Uh, <laughs> right. These tomato was from a farm yeah. that uh, was in the middle of California. You yep. gotta love it. Yeah. But it, like, it's. Don't look at the beef. Probably when you were talking about going to like feel good, get an injection of Trader Joe's positivity, I probably at some point was like go, during the pandemic going through the Del Taco drive through just to talk to somebody. <laughs> like I was that fucking lonely for a bit. They're like, oh no, she's back. It's the. The woman who will just like ask us uh, questions about every dish just to keep us on the uh, just to keep us on the and uh, on the what, mic. What's your what's your name again? Okay, all right. So let's start from the top. You know, no. Um, it's the frijoles. Okay, now where does that word come from? Even are those from oh, boy. M- Mendocino? They're not. Okay, got it. But now, when you say refried, like what does that even mean? Are you frying them twice? Like. That's crazy. Huh. You guys aren't frying them twice, are you? Where There's you? like 30 people waiting behind you. You guys going to be here later? Because I'm going to need dinner. You know, exactly. I, <laughs> I did hit a point in the pandemic, though, where I was like a cooking superstar when everyone was, you know, and then when you're like, this shit's not ending and then like depression really sit, set in. I literally was yeah. like, 
only eating Del Taco because I'd like really like lost. I was like, if I don't go get it, I'm not going to eat. And um, yeah, I was like, it got really dark for a minute and then we snapped out of it. But um, cool. This is an upbeat uh, yeah. food podcast. OK, this is not an episode of Street Meat on uh, I Netflix. I know. I know. <laughs> Shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, No, it's all good. So you get drunk. You have your torta. You wake up in the morning. You're still hungover. Yeah. Do you have a hangover cure? Is it just more torta? That could be it sometimes. Um, I I am a big, I, I do believe in the spice, like spicy, like like really good, like hot sauce mm. on something really does do something. It's like you got to hit yourself with some spice and you got to get something greasy and fatty in your stomach fast. I know like even when people have nausea, I'm like, listen, it's sort of like a plug your nose and just do it. Um, yeah. so you don't have a terrible day. Um, other than that, if I've had, that's like, if it's nuclear and I'm in a really bad place, I will like eat, yeah. eat my leftover Del Taco and put a bunch of Diablo sauce on it. Um, and then, right. and then like, a oh God, I love like, uh, it's so gross, but you know, like a diet soda, just a little bit of, or a regular soda. I don't do it very often. That's, and that's like hangover when you're like, I need really weird specific things. Um, yeah. Other than that, my favorite thing, if it's just like a lazy, long, drawn out, like the hangover where you're just like, I'm worthless, like you're not sick, you're not in total mm. pain, you're just like, I'm worthless. Um, yeah. Pad CU with chicken and uh, probably a Vietnamese coffee. Wow. Love that. You and I are very, we have very similar palates is what I'm realizing. Like we I... Mexican and Thai and like Lebanese and like Middle Eastern like are my comfort foods. Yes, like uh, and then I just and then Vietnam Vietnamese would be my third. That's my trifecta: Lebanese, Mexican, and Vietnamese. Yeah, those are my so good. faves for sure. So good. Um, do you have a favorite celebrity food personality? This can be uh, a chef. It can be a TV host. I, totally. I mean, like. In all seriousness, like I really do love Bourdain. I know that's oh my god, so original. But I really, right. you know, I, <laughs> I, I followed him from the beginning. I've watched ev maybe every episode of every iteration of everything he's done. Um, uh, I did whatever. But my my favorite, and it's like you're not my favorite, but my favorite to hate. And you telling that joke about Bobby Flay is like, dude, I I hate watch beat Bobby Flay. I can't with that man. I swear to God, there was a day I was in Santa Barbara on a vacation. And, you know, hotel TV always just has the trash channels that you don't have at home. So they were mar yeah. marathoning, not trash channels, but, you know, uh, but like cable that I don't have. That's what I'm saying. And so I was like, oh, my, a marathon of Pete Poppy play. And I didn't leave my hotel room. Because I was like, <laughs> somebody beat this motherfucker. Like, I was like, I am not going into the ocean or enjoying one minute of my vacation until someone beats this smug piece of shit and like <laughs> stayed in there. Oh, my God. I, was I love it. So angry. I think he finally lost when it was like Booyah Base or something like that. <laughs> I mean. It's so good. I I hate watch that show. Whenever I'm on a flight, it's always beat Bobby Flay until I fucking land. 
And yeah, and it's just the worst. Like whenever he beats them, like he has a cheesy line that they feed him through his earpiece. Like he'll he'll beat someone on like a cake challenge and he'll be like, I guess she couldn't put the icing on the cake. And then like the crowd goes wild. It's like, oh my God, somebody shoot this man. And then he's like, ha ha, I also now have the DD restaurant, you know? And you're like, what? I didn't see that in the rules. I own your restaurant now. This is called Bobby Flay's Beat Your Mom and Pop uh, Gumbo Shop, whatever. Um, it's very. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be hard to find on Yelp. There's a lot of words, but it's gonna. That's the name, okay? I I'm Bobby Flay. Yeah, because it used to be like I would like cross country flights. I would uh, hate watch Millionaire Matchmaker, and I would put Patty Stanger on a level with Bobby Flay easily for unlikability. <laughs> right. But magnetic, I I just I have to hate them. Yes, there's something about that unlikable magnet magnetic personality. It's almost more impressive than just like the magnetic nice person that you love. Yep. Like I kind of it's it's a it's a very it's a fun sweet spot that I wish one day I can. <laughs> I hope I hope I'm occupying that for you listeners. Yes. I hope you're like I fucking hate this guy, but I have to listen to every episode of this podcast. Got to get through it. Um, is there a desert island food that you have? So you're trapped on a desert island. There's one food you're going to eat for the rest of your life. You are never going to get tired of it. Just trying to think of like what I eat so much of. And if I'm being practical. And I. Heesh. What about that campfire sauce? No, but that's just condiments. I. I'm yeah. I'm probably going to go towards something like hummus or guacamole. And I don't love guacamole as much as I love hummus. But you're sitting here going yeah. like there's complete nutrition. <laughs> you can right. di dip a bunch of either, you know, if you find some, uh, I don't know, I could even get down with like finding some plantains and putting them over a fire and trying to make that work as a chip. Or no, you could, you could find like yucca or like other things that could turn into something potatoey, and then get your... I chips and dip you know what's on. funny is like this question always like my intention for it was always like you know it's just like tell me what your favorite food is that you're just never gonna get tired but i love when people treat it like they're on an episode of alone yes and they're like here's what i would do because everyone knows my vitamin d is gonna be down so i would have to like you but take I, it way too literal like for hydration i know but i also like i'm just like what do i eat that i kind of never get tired of that also just like I feel like hummus has kept me alive over the years. Yeah. Like it'll just be my really cheap, like, cause I hate making lunch and I'm just always like, you know, and so I'll just go do, you know, some pretzel chips yeah. or some pita chips or carrots and crudite. And I'll be like, great lunch. Fuck it. Uh, more, all the more reason that you and I are the same person. I do the same thing. That's probably like I'm 75% hummus. I, and I and I like and I I just try and survive the midday because I'm like I hate going like uh I don't know what it is I've been trying to find other like people who just struggle with lunch I make great breakfast and I make great dinner and then I'm just lost yeah. lost at lunchtime so yeah yeah because I used to always have um, to work it and it's like you know maybe I would eat there and it's like I I lost some life skills or something like I, right because you're just like shoveling food in mm -hmm. just to keep working totally. Yeah. Um, is there a food that you can't stand eating? Something that you hate? Why would you eat it if you hate it? Um, I'm going to tell you what I Whoa. hate. I'm going to tell you. Don't, don't turn into, don't, don't be all Buddhist with me. I'm not Buddhist. How dare okay. you? Let me tell you. How dare you? Okay, so it's, it's, 
not a food that I feel like a blight where I'm like, I, I don't want to, you know, like, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or I want to fit in. I'll eat it, even though I hate it. Like, I'm not what I hate. And it's not popular mm. right now is like. Ugh, the dining experience where you go out with a little group and it's like these fucking places like Botanica and whatever, where the whole thing is like lots of small plates, you know, complicated yeah. small plates. And then everyone's just got a fucking heap of ugly food mashed onto their plate by like someone's like, here, I'll give you a bite of that. And then they like, don't include the sauce that's, and they're like just dumping pieces of these dishes onto your plate. So now you've got this like plate of garbage that doesn't go together. And then you don't know if you're hungry and you don't know if you're full. And when you go out to do this very LA, very New York now, small plate style. And it's always like, there are four of you and there are three meatballs. But if you get another order of meatballs, it's too many meatballs, you know, or they'll do like the, <laughs> we'll do one extra for $6 so that you can have a normal amount of food for everyone. Or like a cheese plate with three crackers. I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. I get. And then they charge you extra for that. And you're like, who? So I'm just so I'm just fucking ham and, you know, ham fist in the cheese because you won't give me bread or crackers to place on it. And I just like these are things about the industry that make me want to kill myself. And it makes me not want to go out to eat in places like this anymore. I'm I'm full straight up. I'm like, no, I will not go to Hippo with you. And I will not go to Botanica and I will not go to Blair's and I will not go to all these places where you're like, I'm one hundred and twenty bucks poorer right bar, and, bar maruno <laughs> right and i'm like and now i have to go get tacos like i just <laughs> i'm oh my god the, the the pandemic has broken me my brain with restaurants like this i'm like not interested don't want to do you know it. what i get it i totally get it because they're almost like wolves in sheep's clothing because like they come off as like we're just a casual restaurant it's not it's like you can just come in be cash and you're paying like it's fucking like four hundred you know, dollars. Yeah, when you get to like, town, and you're like, <laughs> I ate like I ate like like someone's leftover stub of bread because like so and so got to it first, and then you know, and but then if you're the jerk who wants a plate to yourself, and everyone's like, okay, Brooke, you know, like way to not be in the spirit, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> I like plated. I like a plated meal. I'm with you. It's funny. I've been fighting with my brother a lot lately because he's like the king of wanting to share an entree. He's like, let's just share entree. I'm like, I don't want to, dude. I just want to have my thing. And then he convinces me. And then I have like half a rigatoni and half a burger. It's like, this doesn't go with each other. No, no. <laughs> I will. I think acceptable. And these are the new rules. If you're with yeah. someone, you're like, why don't we get a big, beautiful salad and share a burger and fries? Okay. Yes. Yes. That's great. That is not being a sociopath in a restaurant, you know? And then right. it's always my like pescatarian or vegetarian friends who like, let's go. I'm like, nope, I eat meat. I don't want your tofu. Nope. <laughs> nope. Don't need it. Don't need it. It's like <laughs> it's like whenever like my friends who are like kosher are like on Instagram, like reviewing a ramen place i'm like no you have zero authority you've never had pork you can't tell me what ramen to get you're that lady like, this place right. has the best vegan ramen. i'm like nope i don't mm -hmm. need the vegan ramen at sujita <laughs> nope it's all good and the, the way that uh. the way that vegans just crave everything that tastes like pork they're like 
yeah, when that lady's story, she's like, there was a line, like all of Portland realized they were fucking hungry and deprived because they're like all these fucking vegans were lined up down the block. Like you said, you made vegan pork belly, you know, and you're like, God, you're hungry. Just have it once in a while. Like. Also, I don't know if you realize this, but uh, vegan Yelp is a thing. Ooh, Every yes. single vegan place on Yelp has five stars because these fucking vegans want to want like they're- hoist their lifestyle on us. And so no matter how bad it is, they're going to give it five stars to just get it up in the rankings. Right. It's like uh, Jenny's Cassava Hut is the best <laughs> restaurant in San Francisco. No, it's not. It's fucking <laughs> not. No, it's yeah. It, oh God. And, and it's like and I eat really clean. I eat a lot of vegetables. I eat a lot of what's incorporated when you're like you're a vegan who's like eating, you know, like the corn nuggets or what like that fake like Q-U-O-R-N. You're bringing all this stuff in that's like fake meat. And I'm like, I haven't seen a vegetable on your plate in weeks, you know? And I'm like, I eat a little piece of chicken or pork tenderloin and everything else is like truly like lots and lots of veggies. And they're like, how how dare you while they eat their fake eggs that are made out of like petroleum. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was a fat, I was a fat vegan. I worked in a vegan restaurant on the Upper East Side when I moved to New York City. I worked at the Candle Cafe and candle 79 uh-huh. and like i was always waiting on woody harrelson and owen wilson and fucking sir paul mccartney it was crazy and wow. uh, that is just not my diet type they made me you know i tried my best and everything is low you're so hungry and so then i would just be like oh, i'm gonna take a few more of these vegan oatmeal raisin cookies and they're just to taste like anything they have like four cups of vegetable oil in each cookie, you know? And so I was, I got so fat when I was working in that vegan restaurant and they were like, we got to get her out of here. She's bad for the, she's like, she's like sweaty and looks bad. And like, like, how many lentils did you eat, (laughs) ma'am? I'm so hungry. Um, I feel like you kind of tied restaurant pet peeves into that last question. But uh, do you have as a server, actually, this is I'm going to ask a specific. Yeah. Do you have a restaurant pet peeve when it comes to service when you go to a restaurant because you've been on the other side? <laughs> yeah. And I'm so grateful that I never had to do this. And like, obviously, I'm cool with it. But <laughs> anytime you go to a restaurant and they've laid out a piece of like the cardboard paper or whatever, and then they like they like turn around and they write there and they're like, Hey, my name's Brian. And they write like Brian with like a chalk pencil or one of those red wax pencils. And they're writing on, on your, you know, and you're like, Oh, this gimmick also. Okay. Dan, are, are you into uh, the Reddit? We want plates. Oh no, I haven't seen it. Oh, Oh my God. Food that's served on tiles, food that's served Oh, that's good. Um, on like, like the big thing in the UK is your whole meal comes in a shovel with a handle, um, like hubcaps lined with paper. Everything is like wood slabs. Uh, and it's like, it's so unsanitary and it doesn't fit with the food. And so like any place that thinks they're being cute and funny by like hang- hanging your bacon on a clothesline, I hate you. I fucking hate you. Oh my you. God. That is so good. You have you, your bacon on a clothesline. You line. will die. Go get on that site right now. Everyone listening, we want plates. It's the it's stupid, <sighs> stupid food, and we want plates are both under the same Reddit heading. And oh my god, 
for like the comment section is where the real comedians live, Dan. I've never seen funnier people than people on Reddit. It's oh my God, the biggest sparring contest I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, God, I wish I could be this funny and cool. Like, <laughs> and I'm a comedian and they're, they're the funniest people. There's a wonderful Reddit thread right now going around in LA of like, give me restaurants to send my enemies to. That's just going to be really expensive and like an awful experience. And they only, they only take Bitcoin. Yeah. Where, so you're just surrounded by tools. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everyone, everyone is saying Salt Bay. It's like, send them to Salt Bay. It's just going to be so expensive and awful. Poor Salt Bay. Just trying to, just trying to sprinkle some salt on the world. Just like that guy Matt at the uh, restaurant. Uh, Matt, yeah, toothless see, Matt. We've come, we've come full circle. Yep, I called him. <laughs> I called him a toothless British fuck to his face after he'd been bullying me for two straight months. And then when I finally turned around and called him a toothless British fuck, he like got horny for me and then became my friend. And I was like, oh, you just have to abuse him. This is his love language: is abuse. <laughs> And that's your boyfriend. And that that's you live how with I now. met Sean. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Brooke, this was so pleasant. This was more pleasant than I thought it was going to be. And I thought it was going to be extremely pleasant. Oh, good. Thanks, so Dan. Thank you so much. Tell the people where they can find you. Absolutely. Uh, at BrookeVP on Instagram, at Sidework Podcast on Instagram as well. Um, we've got like 187 episodes about every aspect of uh, the service side of it. Um, which if you didn't work in the service industry, we still talk a lot about food and restaurants. So you would not feel alienated. So please, oh, be, please have yeah. me on. And because we want, I yeah. am very, very opinionated when it comes to service. Yeah. I have a feeling I'm going to make a lot of enemies on that show. It's, but o- still. it's okay. We, maybe you <laughs> should be our first episode back so we can come back with a splash. Um, oh, that would be, that'd fun. be great. We'll talk about it, but yeah, uh, check us out, please. Um, I, I think you guys would find a good home there if you like funny food stuff. So, Thanks so much. I love it. Thank you. And everyone, I mean, I don't have to tell you because you just heard it, but Brooke is like one of the funniest people I know <laughs> and you should absolutely follow her and support her and she is the best. I'm doing comedy in my yard. So if you can figure out where I live, you're welcome. Dan did it. He was great. Oh yeah, I did it. It's very fun. We did comedy in her backyard. It was very cool. <laughs> Other, <laughs> otherwise, I'm nowhere. But uh, yeah. There's like, there's like helicopters in the background <laughs> and stuff. Guy, drunk guy yelling at us next door. It was awesome. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Dan. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.